Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, coronavirus summer spike. America hits a dangerous new peak. More than 35,000 new infections in one day, the most since April. Record deaths in Arizona. ICU beds in Houston, 97% full. Lines for testing turn into traffic jams. Tonight, New York now ordering visitors from hotspots to quarantine or face up to a $10,000 fine. Sports in the age of coronavirus, the New York City Marathon, the world's largest, canceled. And breaking news, five professional golfers pull out of a PGA Tour event because of an outbreak. Racing to a cure. Prince William visits a lab that could be on the verge of a vaccine breakthrough and are reporting on a promising new milestone. Could a clinic halfway around the world be the best chance to cure the virus? Case dismissed. The president celebrates after an appeals court drops the charges against his first national security advisor. But is the case against Michael Flynn really over? Firecracker crackdown. The dangerous new trend, illegal fireworks set off in neighborhoods nationwide. One child burned while watching from his window. A homeless man lit on fire. Tonight, what's being done to stop it? And fired up the four women who made firefighting history just by doing their jobs. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We want to begin tonight with some breaking news. A stunning and dramatic new peak in cases of coronavirus. Throwing parts of the country back into the darkest days of the pandemic. Tonight and risking months of progress in the fight against the virus. As we come on the air, the U.S. is seeing its highest number of new infections since April. With tens of thousands of new cases in the south and west. 
ICU beds in hospitals are now reaching capacity in Florida, Texas, and Arizona. And confirmed cases are rising in more than half of the country, forcing the governors of Texas and California to threaten reimposing lockdowns. North Carolina says it's now pausing its reopening. And in a stunning move, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, along with the governors of New Jersey and Connecticut, say they'll now fine anyone visiting from a COVID hotspot that doesn't isolate for two weeks. The coronavirus has now killed 122,000 nationwide, and there are more than 2.3 million confirmed cases in the U.S. On Wall Street Today, a concern that a resurgence of the virus will stall any possible economic recovery sends stocks diving, with the Dow dropping more than 700 points. Well, there's a lot of news breaking tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Miami. Good evening, Manny. Good evening, Nora. The latest numbers show that in Florida's most populous county, right here, Miami-Dade, nearly one out of every five people who tested for COVID-19 came back positive. The surge of new infections across the South and West is prompting states where cases are down to take action. New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut issued travel advisories today, requiring visitors from nine states, about 92 million Americans, to self-quarantine for 14 days or risk, in New York, up to a $10,000 fine. We also have to make sure the virus doesn't come in on a plane again. Learn that lesson, been there, done that. The order doesn't include California, which today reported more than 7,000 new cases, its largest single-day rise. That's 69% higher than just two days ago. Governor Gavin Newsom said he is prepared to reverse the state's reopening, if necessary. We begin to reopen our households, and we begin to go back to our old ways and our old habits. A consequence is we are spreading this virus. In Houston, the picture is increasingly dire. The city's ICU beds are at 97% capacity, according to the mayor. And CBS News has learned that if the pace continues, Houston's largest medical facility will run out of ICU space in just four days. And Texas Governor Greg Abbott was forced to issue new guidance for Texas child care centers after a spike in child and staff cases. Brianne Nash and her daughter had to be tested in Houston after infections forced their daycare center to temporarily close. I mean, it was nerve-wracking because we all think we're far away from this, and I don't think we really are. So it definitely is kind of a wake-up call. Florida set another daily record for new COVID-19 cases, more than 5,500. A surge of new patients caused Homestead Hospital south of Miami to reach capacity Tuesday and redirect patients to other hospitals. In Arizona, ICU beds were nearly 90% full, and the number of COVID patients on ventilators hit a record high. Phoenix doctor Murtaza Akhtar said the state needs to reconsider new stay-at-home orders. In the last week and a half, I've had zero negative COVID tests, which I know sounds crazy, but everybody I test is positive. I think there are a lot of people who are transmitting the disease. Do you feel that it's time to enforce lockdowns again? Just as a scientist and just as a physician, Lockdown would be the way of, of stopping the transmission of disease. Five golfers have pulled out of a PGA Tour event, the Travelers Championship, due to concerns about the coronavirus. And the New York City Marathon, the world's largest, has been canceled. Late this afternoon, Miami-Dade County announced that it will begin to send teams into some of the hardest-hit neighborhoods to go door-to-door -door and talk to people about social distancing, as well as handing out masks 
and hand sanitizer. Nora. Manny Bohorquez, thank you. Tonight, the White House says President Trump will go forward with plans to visit New Jersey this weekend. This despite that new order requiring anyone who has been in states with a spike in cases to quarantine for 14 days. Remember, the president was in one of those states, Arizona, on Tuesday. CBS's Paula Reed is at the White House for us tonight. Good evening, Paula. Good evening, Nora. The president has largely ignored the persistent threat posed by coronavirus, but as the number of cases continues to climb, his poll numbers are on the decline. The White House had not hosted a foreign leader since the start of the coronavirus. President Trump and his Polish counterpart did not wear masks or socially distance, and there was little discussion of the virus's resurgence in the U.S., only a promise from the president that a vaccine would arrive soon. Beautiful surprise, sooner than anybody would think. But the president has routinely dismissed the virus as something that will fade away on its own, even without a vaccine, and praises his own response to the crisis. It's one of the reasons we did so well. Before the plague, and we're doing so well after the plague. It's going away. But the explosion of cases in recent days has taken a toll on the president's poll numbers, where he trails Joe Biden by 14 points, and nearly 6 in 10 voters disapprove of the president's handling of the pandemic. Instead of leading the charge to defeat the virus, he just basically waved a white flag and has retreated. In an effort to rally his base, President Trump said he will sign an executive order this week targeting those who tear down or deface historic statues. They're looking at Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson. Not going to happen. 400 National Guard from Washington, D.C. have now been activated to protect the city's monuments after protesters set their sights on several statues this week, including Andrew Jackson in Lafayette Park, just outside the White House. Those National Guard here in Washington are not yet out on the street. They will be deployed in groups of 100 to protect specific monuments and statues as needed. Nora. Paula Reed, thank you. Today, a federal appeals court ordered an immediate end to the case against Michael Flynn, President Trump's first national security advisor. It comes as government prosecutors accuse the attorney general of doing the president's bidding and improperly interfering in their cases. Nancy Cordes is on Capitol Hill tonight. Good evening, Nancy. Nora, we witnessed something new today. Two current DOJ attorneys testifying here about their boss, accusing him of abusing his power to help the president. It comes on the same day that Barr secured a controversial legal victory. President Trump hailed the appeals court ruling, which ordered an end to the case against Michael Flynn, despite his two guilty pleas for perjury. I want to congratulate him. He's been through a lot. The ruling capped a month-long effort by Attorney General William Barr to get the case dismissed. William Barr poses the greatest threat in my lifetime to our rule of law. Barr's leadership was the subject of an explosive hearing today. There's no rules about when you can make noise. Testifying remotely, Assistant U.S. Attorney Aaron Zielinski said his team was pressured to recommend a lighter sentence for longtime Trump ally Roger Stone. And what were you told could happen to you if you refused to go along with this lower recommendation? We were told that we could be fired. DOJ lawyer John Elias said his antitrust unit was ordered to investigate automakers one day after the president complained about them on Twitter. Personal dislike of an industry is not a valid basis upon which to ground an antitrust investigation. 
Republicans defended Barr. He's cleaning up the mess of the previous administration. But Democrats argued it's part of a pattern, pointing to Barr's recent firing of a U.S. attorney overseeing Trump-related cases. He has a personal belief uh, that the president should be above the law. And, uh, Former Deputy Attorney General Donald Iyer. The drumbeat of his misbehavior is accelerating as we get closer to the election. Barr has insisted he took all of these actions on his own because he thought they were right and without consulting with the president. He has repeatedly refused to testify about all this, but today announced that he will go before Congress in a month. Nora. That'll be must see TV. Nancy Cordes, thank you. Today, a grand jury in Georgia handed up indictments in the death of Ahmaud Arbery. The 25-year-old was chased, shot, and killed in February while jogging through a neighborhood. The three men charged in the case, Travis McMichael, Greg McMichael, and William Bryan, each face nine counts, including felony murder. Fourth of July is still a week away, but fireworks and noise complaints are exploding across the country. Calls about the loud light shows are rising, and people and pets are scared. Here's CBS's Mola Lenghi. From coast to coast, more and more people are taking to the streets, launching fireworks to the sky. For many, these nightly displays have become an increasing nuisance. And dangerous. In New York City, a three-year-old boy suffered first and second-degree burns inside his apartment after fireworks shot through his window. <laughs> this week, Mayor Bill de Blasio launched a task force in New York City targeting illegal fireworks. There'll be all sorts of actions taken, undercover buys, sting operations, finding where the supply is and cutting it off at the knees. Cities nationwide have seen a surge in complaints. New York City 911 calls about illegal fireworks shot up more than 1,200% from last year. In Boston, they rose by more than 5,500%. And in Pasadena, California, there was a roughly 481% increase. Sergeant Keith Gomez is part of Pasadena's new firework enforcement patrol. We don't want people to unnecessarily burn down their home, burn down their neighbor's home. Firework retailers say consumer sales have surged recently, while bulk sales to professionals have tanked as the coronavirus has caused cities nationwide to either cancel or scale back large public July 4th shows. Nora. Mullalangi tonight. Thank you. NASCAR's Bubba Wallace says he's relieved he wasn't targeted in a hate crime. Federal investigators said the noose found in his garage before Monday's race in Alabama had been there for months and wasn't directed at him. He told CBS this morning he's frustrated. Some people believe the whole thing was a hoax. I'm, I'm being tested each and every day throughout this whole matter, uh, whether it's right, wrong or indifferent. Um, you know, it's it's that's that's how life is. People want to dethrone you from the pedestal that you're on when you have a platform and when you have a voice. Wallace used that voice to call for the ban on Confederate flags at NASCAR events. He says he'll keep fighting for what he believes is right. Today, Britain's Prince William went to Oxford University to speak with patients taking part in trials of a promising coronavirus vaccine. But with cases of COVID fading in England, tonight researchers in South Africa, where there are many more people sick, are volunteering for testing. CBS's Deborah Pata reports on this new phase of the vaccine as we continue our series Racing to a Cure. 
This humble clinic in Soweto could be one of the world's best hopes for a cure for COVID-19. As infection rates plummet in the UK, Oxford scientists are looking overseas to test their vaccine. Behind me are the first South African volunteers in the Oxford trial. They're sitting waiting patiently in the winter sun to receive the experimental vaccine. And for the most part, they say they're excited to be part of history. Like 27-year-old Kensani and Kuna. I'm willing to give it a chance because it might save lives. Despite a recent lockdown and teams of contact tracers tracking down infected patients, cases continue to surge here. And Professor Shabir Mahdi, who is leading the trial of 2,000 volunteers, says South Africa is still about eight weeks away from its peak. So the only way that we're going to be able to break the back of this pandemic is by getting a vaccine, a vaccine in as early as possible to get at least a significant percentage of the population vaccinated. So we're hoping to possibly get the result as soon as before the end of this year. It's a result that cannot come soon enough. Deborah Patter, CBS News, Johannesburg, South Africa. Things will be different on the diamond when Major League Baseball makes its return next month. But if all goes as planned, soon we'll hear the crack of the bat and the cry of play ball. And baseball's boys of summer will be back. CBS's Dean Reynolds reports. He swings the first Get ready for a whole new ball game. No high fives or hugs, no spitting, seeds or anything else. No brawling, and of course, no fans. Baseball amid the pandemic will have 60 rather irregular season games featuring changes bordering on heresy to purists. Designated hitters in both leagues, extra innings to start with a runner on second base, relief pitchers forced to face at least three batters. How do you think these changes in Major League Baseball are going to go down with the fans? That's more of the $64 million question. Alan Sanderson is a sports economist at the University of Chicago. I think it'll be a little bit of, you know, sort of throwing it up against the wall and see what sticks. As a sign of the times, pitchers can still be sent to the showers, but they're discouraged from actually showering. All players will be tested every other day, and positives will be consigned to a special COVID list until they test negative twice. The high-priced athletes will make just 37% of their salaries, and 10 teams will make the playoffs if enough of their rosters stay healthy. Training camps will open a week from today, and the season itself will get underway about three weeks after that. The games, of course, will be on TV, and I, for one, will be glued to the set. <laughs> Nora? You're perfect for the story, Dean. And since you're retiring from CBS News this week, we just want to thank you for always hitting it out of the park. And just a point of personal privilege, it's been great having you report for this broadcast and working with you out in the field. So thank you. We're going to miss you. Thank you. Pasadena, California's fire department is 133 years old, but never had an all-female engine crew until this week. They're quickly becoming role models in a country where only 4% of career firefighters are women. CBS's Jamie Yukas has their story. Some may look at these images and see history. Those on Pasadena's first all-female firefighting crew have a different take. It felt like it should have happened a long time ago. Christina Terrazas has served 19 years as a firefighter, but not until this week has she had a shift with a band of sisters. 
But to have all women there, um, there was a lot of pride and there was a lot of uh, fulfillment. Although it was just one shift. We're going to keep pushing forward to break through those glass ceilings and we're going to support one another along the way. You don't want this to be a one-time thing? No, I would love an all-female crew. <laughs> Which is why Terraza spends much of her time off encouraging the next generation at firefighting camps and one, at home. One, Meet seven-year-old Malia. Two. What do you think of mom's job? I think she's really cool. <laughs> what makes her cool? She drives a fire engine, and there's not a lot of female firefighters. Do you want to be a firefighter? Yeah. Why? I just think it's a great opportunity to help people. One day, scenes like this may no longer be unique. All it takes is a spark. Janie Ukas, CBS News, Los Angeles. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we'll meet the TikTok tutor, a 16-year-old math whiz who has hundreds of thousands of students following his lessons. Okay, I'm excited to see that. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell right here in our nation's capital. We hope to see you right back here tomorrow. Stay safe and good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.